This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Break a shot! Oh, my goodness! Oh, my goodness! Oh, post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Gets to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Finally, huzzah! Swindon beat Rochdale 3-0 in front of a sunny, happy, oh, relieved Swindon Town crowd here to enjoy. First of all, it's Honor. Hello, Honor. Hello. It's good to have you back. It's been a while. Yes, yeah, it has. It's good to be back. Thank you. Oh, it's a delight to have Dave here. Hello, Dave. Hello, Rich. Hello, Honor. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Two people that flat refused to do this pod until a victory was secured. None of that negative nonsense from this audience until when I, you know, we're just about to press record. And then Honor says, I didn't see two of the goals yesterday and we won 3 0. Honor, explain yourself, please. So, yeah, first goal obviously happened really early on. I, I was putting the little car that drives on the pitch, I was putting that back. I came out and I hear uh, goal number one from the town. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, and then second goal, I was just tidying up things in the junior Reds room and then hear a massive scream. That was goal number two. So, you know, a bit unlucky really because I three goals, see one, but never mind. Hopefully it won't happen again. Yeah, fingers crossed. Unfortunately for you, Honor. We have some questions about the little car. And when I say we, <laughs> I mean Dave. Dave, this is your opportunity. 
go. Is there is there a little garage in the weight room where you have to store it? When you store it, are you having to pick it up or do you drive it along like a remote control car? Can it be scaled up for um, stag do's and adult birthdays in the winter months? <laughs> do we need to invest in winter tyres for the winter months to ensure that the pitch doesn't get damaged? I think I think it's an endless list. Um, I think it's great work that, that that you're doing with the little car and I, I wish to see it continue. Uh, long term it's it's a great thing that the club is doing i honestly believe that it's a lot better than the rocky robin hacker um in terms of free entertainment at the very least can you hear the passion in his voice there almost nervous yeah. talking about it um any of those questions one you can remember and two can you answer them <laughs> i in terms of being scaled up for um adult parties and that in the winter months um i'm not quite sure about that might have to look at your own can I just drive my own car? Can I just drive um, my own pitch pre match? Probably probably would be best. Um I do have to pick it up. It's heavier than it looks and has been a two person job. I did do it by myself a little bit yesterday, but that's quite tough. There is no little garage for mm. it, unfortunately. Maybe that's something we can look into. It's just got to charge us, charge it up um, for the next game. Um, not one of your questions, but the little boy yesterday discovered that it plays music oh. and has a horn. <laughs> it's got endless possibilities, I think. Yeah. At night, have you checked the CCTV to check at night whether it comes alive, like Brum? <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't, but that's a good question. I'll have to speak to people at the club and see if they can look at that. Yeah. But when you know, if it plays music, it's got a horn. So what else? What else can't it do? probably one for the advisory board so if yeah. we can if we can get that question to them does the little car come to life at night then <laughs> that would that would be really really handy to both me and probably scores of others um brilliant yeah. i think i think i'm happy with that dave can we move on uh yeah for, yeah for now yeah. okay on another question it's all going towards you this evening um a question from josh Phelps uh, I guess I should answer it because it says is Mr Pullen ready to say all aboard the HMS P the league <sighs> am I I don't know are you no I think we're still in the dry dock um yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't think we're quite um launching the vessel just yet but yeah yesterday was a very enjoyable experience it wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't throw the caveats out so a very sensible person once said enjoy today tomorrow will sort itself out but a selection of quotes from listeners starting with Bernie Man decent performance the obvious caveat has to be taken into consideration Jason good performance against a bad side Pierce Rochdale poor side but you can only beat what's in front of you James Rochdale were very poor and still opened us up Simon Dell were awful John can't join the general euphoria Thought we were slightly better of the two poor sides with wafer-thin defences and woeful finishing. Craig, let's not get carried away. Uh, Dale were very poor, but it is a step in the right direction. How much do we need to analyse the fact that Rochdale were doo-doo and yet they still danced in front of our defence and split us in half a couple of times during the first half? Is it important? This, I mean, it's not. I mean... It... Yeah, those those few instances weren't great, but I think they were they were 
fairly fairly rare and I think there's still there's still growing pains in in the way the team's being set up but I guess it was it was fun wasn't it it was it was a fun win and sometimes you've got to remember that that's what (laughs) that's what this is supposed to be sometimes it's just fun and like it's it's completely right not to get carried away with a 3-0 win against that Rochdale side because based on that showing yesterday there's not going to be many teams that finish below them this season but by the same token it was it was nice to have shots and it's nice to have goals and we've not had that much this season so enjoy that bit at the very least I think without getting too downtrodden we'll save the downtroddenness for um next week at Stockport <laughs> well maybe not they're not doing so well Honor, what are you thinking yeah, I think it's right not to get carried away with that game yesterday, but also it's the type of team we should be taking three points off of, scoring goals. It's also, I think, maybe can be used as a bit of a confidence booster for the squad. As we all know, it's not been the start we maybe would have liked. Like some people have said, you can play what's in front of you. We did. We had shots on goal. Their keeper, I thought, made some good saves, some important saves as well. So we've just got to roll with it and take what happened yesterday into the next game. Yeah, Rochdale have some players where you think, what are you doing here? Richard O'Donnell, loads of experience. Um, Liam Kelly, I think, some Swindon fans will remember we were all thinking he was joining Swindon at one stage a year or so ago, didn't we? And I guess Ian Henderson may be a wee bit too old now for us to be like, well, they've got Ian Henderson. Yeah, they, they were wretched. And, and you have to say, given the mild stakes that were there for Swindon in terms of having to win this game, the gift Ben Nelson's mistake gave us and Jacob Wakeling after what 21 seconds was much much appreciated and required. I was I was watching Ben Nelson and thinking, what are you doing here as well? But I don't think it was the same angle that you were thinking of just then. It was the, it was the perfect start, wasn't it? And Ben Gladwin said post match that they the the team had spoken about coming out quickly and having a fast start and can't really get much of a faster start than that it was I mean I'd like I I don't know if it was much about the pressure that Wakelin put on it was just a very sloppy back pass but Wakelin's finish was was very good from a very tight angle continuing what's been a what's been a strong start to the season for him and I think that we as a podcast can probably take some credit for that with his um his new nickname which I think he's taken on to heart and is giving him the confidence to 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 get the goals and assists that he has done in the past week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What what nickname is this that the podcast has given him? Uh, you know, you know the one, Jakey Wakey. Oh, that's all you, baby. You t- you take you take all the credit for that because I don't want this podcast name to that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Hang um, on. Also, I've got to say, <laughs> I don't think Jakey Wakey can take any credit for pressure for that bat pass in any way shape or form i'll take the uh, the acute angle to finish courtesy of o'donnell's hand but i don't think um honor you 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 play football right so can you anticipate there's like there's there's ben gladwin saying that we're going to go at them from early on um, surely surely we can't be taking credit for this yeah i've watched it back i don't really like you said the pressure isn't really there i think it has just been a little bit of luck so see if that pass is better we don't we don't score there simple 
really. Uh, but we give credit where credit's due, taking advantage of that, um, which is something that needs to be done. We've punished them for it. Yeah, I mean, the goal timing backs it up. But when you watch it back, I'm not quite sure the pressure did that. But like you said, just got to go with it. And um, yeah, hopefully they have that fast mentality um, for Stockport on Saturday. Mm, yeah. If we get another goal in 20 seconds on Saturday, then maybe we'll take these statements back. Regardless of the pressure and, you know, it is a good finish. He just deserves it, doesn't he? He just, for over the last few games, win, lose or draw, the guy puts in so much effort that he deserves those well, those fortunate opportunities. Yeah, no, he puts he he puts in a lot of effort, and you can see that his game is around is is based around a non-stop kind of scurrying and hassling the defenders. And I'm sure as he as he grows as a, as a player and as he develops and gets more match minutes, he'll be able to become cuter with his the way he spends his energy and the way that he tracks back in the positions he takes, and he'll get even better at that I think um, it's a real credit to him because I mean I don't think any of us were expecting to be playing too much of a part when he signed based on just what he achieved so far in his career it seemed to be the kind of signing that you get for um, like squad depth and bolstering the JPT squad but he's he's taken his chances with um, well not with I guess with both feet maybe not both hands but um, and yeah, it looks like we in the early stages. It looks like we've got a, got a real asset on our hands with him. Um, the, the Jerry Yates comparison is is quite an obvious one, um, both in style of play and it, from fifty yards away, it even looks quite similar as well. But um, if he can go on to have the same kind of impact that Jerry Yates did for us, then it's uh, I think we're in for we've got that position sewn up for a wee while. The last point I'd like to say on on that goal is you know the first thing I did was look around the Rochdale element of of that farce. Uh, first thing I looked at was the fans um, just doing the old uh, exasperated fist in the air and the Rochdale players just like going straight to Ben, who I think is an England youth international, just going, come on, keep going. Oh, that's the last thing on I would want if, if, if I just made such a mistake is a bunch of people patronising me. I think my head would be gone. And that's probably one of the one of the many reasons why I'm not a professional footballer. Yeah, no, definitely. Because, you know, when you know, you, you know, he would have known he's made a mistake. It's tough. The last thing you need is his uh, teammates battering him. But you also, yeah, there's there's nothing really to say when that happens. Unfortunately, we should, especially so early on because you've got to go the rest of the game knowing that that's happened. Mistakes do happen in football and times. So what can you do about it apart from, you know, keep going? And that's all you can do. Dave, the word fun is being used a lot by yourself, both in this pod and on socials. Was it fun when we were 1-0 up as, as the first half went on? Because as as the game continued especially on the right-hand side. Rochdale were finding plenty of joy going forward, getting through our defence. The player that was causing the most threat was Abraham Odo, who, for all his endeavour, didn't quite have that cutting edge. And players from better sides would have absolutely made more of the opportunities he was given. And they had a goal disallowed just before half-time due to offside. I, I don't know if... I was having fun until the second half. Um, I think that's fair. And I think we definitely, the second half was a lot more open. And I think 
Rochdale definitely got a lot more ragged and gave us a lot more space and we were able to exploit that a lot more. But I, first half, I think we still created plenty of chances and opportunities, particularly in the immediate aftermath of the goal. Mm. Um, we continued to play with quite a bit of tempo and um, I mean, it's the ones I like read. Darcy had the, the long range shot, which the keeper tipped over the bar. Um, McCurdy had a couple. There was one Clayton header from yes a magnificent Gladwin cross um which the keeper again did well to save and I mean if one or two of them goes in then there's a lot more comfort I kind of I agree with what you're saying that Rochdale did come back into the game but they never I don't recall Bryn having to make a save um and whilst I do think a better side would still have punished us for breaking through our defences in the way Rochdale did. They just didn't quite have the quality in the final third. And we do need to shore that up moving forward. I didn't feel in too much jeopardy yesterday. The first half kind of, it felt like we were the better team, but well, it definitely felt like we were the better team, but it didn't feel like we were as much of the better team possibly as we should have been given the nature of the opposition. Um, and then, yeah, second half, we kind of stepped away even further from them. And yeah. that's where that's when the fun really, really began. Hello, I'm Anthony Grant and you're listening to the Loathed Strangers podcast. On a second half, much, much better from Swindon. And it was fine in the first half. I completely agree with that. I'd love to talk to you about the second, but we're not allowed to because <laughs> you couldn't, or you didn't see it. But yeah. so we're going to go to Dave. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good, good I'm not going to make you do that. But it's a yeah. good through ball by Khan. And I think what's great here, and I, I, I he gets the assist wakeling. I think if he could, he would have, you know, taken his second. But Johnny Williams was there to uh, make it 2-0. Yeah, I'm not sure of the nature of um, Johnny Williams' contract, but he definitely owes a goal bonus, I think, to um, Wakelin for that one. Um, it was, you're right, it was a very good through ball by Khan. Um, Wakelin sprinted away well from the defence again. Just it's just rapid, rapid young man. And I think I think he could have, he would have been able to finish it once he rounded the goalkeeper, but yeah, like you say, Williams was there, and I, I listened to the watching the highlights back. I think the commentator said it's his first goal in 21 games, which, like you, uh, surprised me a little. But um, it's good that he's, um, I guess, on the score sheet because we'll need him to be this season um, if he's going to be one of the attacking three, as it's looked like the last few games. Then we're going to need a decent goal return from him, um, and so more of more of I guess more of yesterday will be. A good thing going forward. Um, yeah, I more more of the Welsh the Welsh magic, I guess. Um, get him on that get him on that plane to Qatar as well. Keep keep Jr. and James happy. It's um, it's a lot on his his shoulders. <laughs> what you're seeing here, or what you're listening to here, is Dave struggle to end his his thoughts so he just starts talking about Wales uh JR and JB and wonders how he's going to finish his sentence on it it was a master class really from Dave there wasn't it yeah we've, we've all been there we start talking don't know when to stop oh man this this podcast is built on that <laughs> 
Anna, you've been you're home and away. So I remember you messaging the WhatsApp group last week saying that was our best performance of the season so far. This surely beats that. But by how much do you think and why? Well, it definitely beats it. Why? Because three goals and a clean sheet, (laughs) obvious um, things to make. But I just think there's maybe a little bit more in the team maybe because of who we're playing against but definitely more positive and it does look like we're maybe building on things now so hopefully on Saturday evening I can say that was our best performance of the season so far but I don't want to get too ahead of myself because it has been a bit of a rough start we're not gonna deny that but definitely things maybe starting to move right direction the last two games although the Orient game wasn't the best I still think we did all right to hold them at draw and hopefully we can keep proving people wrong I guess because I know at the start of the season there are a lot of people not happy but if things keep going the way they're going holding good sides to draws and beating teams 3-0 not conceding goals and I don't see there'll be much to complain about yeah without talking about performances a lot of fans will point to the fact that Leighton Orient at the top of the league and they've only dropped two points and that was against Swindon mm. you know and that that was a good result but you know I think they should have been us but it's, it, it's irrelevant yeah. now it's done yeah. and Harrogate who swept us aside on the opening day and now only one point above us and so and Salford until yesterday were unbeaten and so you know I, I get it but we are now and an important part of the season, Dave, aren't we? Because we've got back-to-back away games in the league against teams that haven't started the season well, two teams that are below us, two teams that fans will be flapping, just like we've been flapping or many of us have been flapping um, before the weekend. So I think this is a very important result. appreciate we haven't finished the game yet, but it was much, much needed, wasn't it? Yeah, because... Uh, you have to be blind or to, to to not see that there is some level of um or there was some level of concern at the way that the club had gone about its business over the summer and Rochdale was I think rightly seen by a lot of people as a bit of a almost a free hit and I saw I can't remember the, who said it on Twitter so apologies but someone said we we expected to win and that wasn't the so much the important thing but it was the manner of the win that we were able to actually see the game off quite comfortably it helped to ease a lot of the concerns even if just for the short time even if even if just for the weekend it's definitely a step in the right direction and I mean, we're 5% of the way, uh, 10% even of the way through the season now, which feels like a substantial amount. We are getting quite into the swing of things and it's good to get that win. We need to get more points per game. We still need like six points from five games isn't a great return, but hopefully we can kick on and hopefully yesterday gives us some confidence as well, which has got to be important for quite a heavily rotated squad from last season and starting the season on a bad run of form and so hopefully we get a bit of confidence now when we start to play with a bit more um, tempo and pace and get a bit few more results um, over the next few weeks. Harry McCurdy on a, is is getting back to his best but I will say he he suffered a bit of an injury just before half time and I appreciate he got the goal at the end a gift from Ricky Agua I mean there's, there's not much he could have done other than pull it in but I do wonder whether we should have taken him off a little bit earlier because he didn't drive forward as much in the second half 
I feel, as he would have usually done because of the knocks that he, he took during the game. Yeah, I did notice that he wasn't um, maybe on the ball as much and not, like you said, driving forward. So if he has got an injury, maybe he just feels like it wasn't that bad and he can manage it. Obviously, we just don't really know of him. But one thing I think is pretty certain, he, he wants to play all the time because he wants, he wants to score goals. He wants to do well but yeah definitely if it's gonna I guess the goal kind of softens that a little bit his um second half performance like it wasn't it wasn't a bad performance but just wasn't his normal normal self I guess so we'll just have to see what happens on Saturday with that he's got a good amount of recovery time now so fingers crossed it's nothing that's it can't be anything too serious for him to keep playing well because he didn't soften playing at the end of the day so fingers crossed Saturday will be his lively well, not lively, but you know what I mean. Oh, I'll uh, take lively as long as it's good energetic. lively. <laughs> yeah, take... as, long as, as long as it's uh, lively on the ball. Yeah, not, not yeah. I, I think Dave, what Anna says there about like recovery is is pretty much what I was going at there. You're playing a clearly poor and seemingly demoralised Rochdale side, and you're two 0 up. I'm preserving players like McCurdy. Do you see where I'm coming from there? Yeah, I do. Um, especially when you consider possibly a lack of um, goals on the bench and elsewhere, you you want to make sure that Harry McCurdy's fit for the rest of the season. I don't know about mindset-wise. He was he he seemed to be getting more and more wind up and more and more snappy at the officials as the game went on, which I interpreted as being frustrated at not being able to score against <laughs> that kind of opposition. So maybe... Maybe in terms of his mindset, it was better to keep him on and have him have that have that goal, um, so he doesn't incur another um, quarter of a million fine. We're not letting that go, are we? <laughs> <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to keep getting these goal bonuses if he's going to pay that off. So, oh yes, and what I'm saying here is not a criticism of Scott Lindsay. It's more probably a criticism of Harry McCurdy because you know I watch him. And he, he sort of swaps sides quite regularly in both halves. And he was limping, but sometimes you kind of think, is that limp just to make the Rochdale players think he can't, you know, he can't surge forward or what have you. But um, before the goal, Ricky Aguilar came on, on a, and he was quite lively, actually. Got so close to scoring, O'Donnell saved it with his boot, and then he teed it up for McCurdy's much-needed third goal. Yeah, Aguilar is definitely... Um what I'd call an impact player comes off the bench and you know you give him a good amount of time to uh and he can make an impact on the game as we saw yesterday hopefully over time he you know that leads to him becoming a regular starter I know that um when he was on loan at Chippenham he impressed people there which is good but that's he's a good example of having squad depth which is something I think we maybe lack towards the end of last season a little bit so he's um yeah really good player to have um on the bench or starting Dave I, I thought Ricky Aguilar would be a loaned out player but he he is I think he's essential to the A team myself I think so yeah I think um this I've only seen I've only seen um yesterday and Tuesday but in both games I thought he came on and did a really good job on, on Tuesday in particular like in a bit of an unfamiliar position 
playing at the base of the midfield, but he he broke up a lot of Leighton Orient attacks well and used the ball well when he got it. He set up the goal well yesterday, albeit it was it was that man Ben Nelson again who just looked like he wanted the ground to open up. He had no idea whereabouts Aguiar was behind him, but Aguiar still won the header and um, played in McCurdy. So. I think well, it's it, like uh, I'm going into cliche town now, but it's a long season. Um, we'll get injuries, and I think it's going to be crucial to have good quality to replace the starters that we've got at the minute. And hopefully, Aguar can continue his development because he came in. He came in and did a good job at the start of last season, didn't he? Mm. Uh, maybe, in, maybe in hindsight, it was just too much to expect him to maintain that over a long term, given it was his first real well his first ever run of um of of, of league football so maybe with a a full preseason and being a bigger part of the starting 11 earlier in the season we might be able to see more of that um, as the season goes on this year i want to talk about a few of the players performances um looking at the listeners reactions you know not much was said about tom clayton sol brin Angus McDonald or Fraser Blake Tracy. So that always means they had a solid performance, which is good. Ronan Darcy is hugely popular. I think most people want to see him in his natural position. Dave, how do you, how do you feel the, the Darcy on the right experiment went? Moments of success, but a little cagey for me. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree. Um, listening to... Um, Lindsay's post-match uh, interview he said he he kind of was saying how he wanted to get someone in who would be able to use the ball more and so that they could push the fullbacks out and bring the wingers in or opposite to that I, I don't know it went over my head a little bit but it essentially wanted more ball playing from the fullbacks and from what I saw of Hutton on Tuesday and from what I can gather from his performances earlier in the season I don't think it was a great shame that he'd been dropped um I was surprised that that Darcy was starting there based on, you know, we've got Shade who could play it right back. And I think Clayton played there against Salford in a pinch. But yeah, he he was was perfectly fine and adequate. Um, I think he helped a lot with when we were attacking and helped give us a bit more um, dynamism from the fullback position, which we'd lacked against Leighton Orient. But... I mean, like you were saying, there's there was a lot of um, a lot of joy that Rochdale were getting down that side, um, and you do kind of worry when you come up against better sides, will they be able to take more of an advantage of that? To give him, I guess, give him a bit more credit. By by all accounts, it sounded like he had one training session at right back, so maybe with a bit more time, he might be able to shore up and. It sounds like McDonald and Clayton never stopped talking throughout the game. So he's got some good talkers next to him, which will help from a defensive positioning point of view. So, yeah, long term, maybe it maybe it's a good thing. Um, we'll see. But I won't count. I won't crown it a success based on yesterday as good as it was good as it was. Yeah. And, and I know if we're going to flip this on his head, it's, it's actually a good decision by Scott Lindsay to do it against a team like Rochdale, isn't it, really? Yeah, um, obviously it was a bit of a, I, I use the word risk, bit of a risk um, with, that not, with that not being his natural position. So going against a team like Rochdale, who aren't going to be as lethal in front of goal, for example, it is a good test uh, just to try it out, see, how, see if Darcy does what Lindsay wants him to do. 
and uh, like Dave said, it could be, it was not really a success as such, but, and against another team with um, a stronger team, maybe we would have had to have changed it during the game, but can't really fault him, never played there before properly, so if it's something Scotland he wants to do, maybe in a year's time, we'll have a brilliant right back on our hands who knows <laughs> well we'll see a couple other players that appear to divide and i'm not saying that they divide the majority so certainly our listenership um for example stfc underscore 1969 or core swind such a swindon name right pretty much all the players were on it today disappointed with khan works hard recovers well but loses possession too many times i do see that Generally, he's quite popular with the listenership. What do you think, Dave? I don't know what kind of midfielder Khan is. He does a little bit of everything, but not enough of everything to. So he's like, for instance, he's not. He he's he can he can run around, but he's not persistently box to box enough to be a box to box midfielder. He seems to have a decent eye for a pass based on the Wakelin. Uh, sorry, the Williams goal, um, playing the through ball for Wakelin, but he doesn't do that consistently enough to be uh, like a key distributor. And I mean, he sh- he like I say, he shuffles around a bit, but never in the positions to kind of knock the ball around and keep the keep the momentum going like a Reed kind of um, almost quarterback player would be. So I'm not, I, I just don't get what he kind of is. I'm still trying to figure him out a little bit. I think, I mean. He had a good game. He made made some good, got stuck in a bit and made some good challenges. Um, but at other times he kind of went missing a little bit. But yeah, still trying to work out. Um, still trying to work out what kind of player we're going to get from Khan. Yeah, both both players that we're going to discuss in this bit, Khan and Ben Gladwin, were both also uh, winners of two really pointless yellow cards too. So I do wonder whether that. Um, irks some people not that it, it's hugely important another one on a as i said there sam for example says don't see the love for gladwin for every ball he wins he gives one away gladwin was very very close to actually getting the listeners man of the match for this game you know only a few votes off uh beating jacob wakeling spoiler alert but let's there's, there's focus on gladwin sam here isn't the only person that makes these observations about ben gladwin or is this like a hangover from last season or just the way he plays? What, what do you think about Gladwin? Um, that's a really tough question. I can see why people don't like him because of you know what they've said about giving the ball away, etc. I think he does face a lot of criticism within the fan base uh, due to being here previously. And obviously we all know when he was here before, he was basically a fan's favourite and did some good things for the club. He's easy to criticise I think because he's a more senior player as well Uh, so you do expect a lot from him but I think yesterday was mostly positive from him so I might have to sit on the fence a little bit with that one you sit you sit and we'll let Dave make the definitive opinion lean slightly to the minus side okay Um, I I reckon off Mike Honor really has an opinion on Ben Gladwin (laughs) um but maybe you know you can take some of the positives from yesterday's game because I think there were some and carry that into a season and maybe hopefully at some point score a 30 yard (laughs) screamer Yes, please. Uh, you were edging off the fence and then climbed right back <laughs> on with a plum. 
I, I get it, Dave, in, in, and we're going to get this all season, so we're not going to talk about Ben Gladwin in this respect all season long because he does do something a little bit daft from time to time. But I think in this game especially, what he did right outweighed what he, do, what he did wrong. And I think he was well worth those nominations for Man of the Match. He wasn't my Man of the Match, but I can see why people were giving him those nods. I think, yeah, I agree. I think Ben Gladwin is absolutely critical to the way that we play because he's the only man player that we have in the centre of midfield with the ability and the eye to make the creative passes that break through an opposition's defence. I think Williams' skill is in is in running and carrying with the ball. Um, Khan is uh, still trying to figure it out, like I said, Reed is passing sideways and um, I, that sounds like it's a criticism. It's not. It's, it's an important thing to move the ball around and manipulate an opponent's um, defences. But Gladwin's the one who has the ability to just play the passes that people can't see. And I get, I kind of, I, like, like you, I get why he comes in for criticism because he'll do something stupid in his own half or in his own third. You don't want him anywhere near our half, do you? You don't want him near our box at any point ever. But going forward, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, I think part of the reason he's a bit of a lightning rod for criticism is just because of the way he moves. And I know he's he's a lot leaner this year than he was last year. But just when you're whatever he is, six foot six, six foot seven, you're just going to look more. You're not going to be um, your legs move half as half, half as fast to cover the same distance as someone who's five foot five. So it looks like you're moving slower. Um, and I might be doing people a disservice, but I think that's part of the reason people. Um, have it out for him but I also think what is missed is that he see he's a very vocal presence um, in that squad he kind of he's 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 talking and organizing a lot that I know I don't know if he's doing it more this season or if I've never really noticed it before but he's he's an he's he's he really stands out at the minute as a real senior presence and um, I think that's that's obviously important and he's not the same player as he was um seven eight whatever long it was years ago he's not as as dynamic and he's not making those runs into the box and he's not going to get us 15 goals a season but I think he is going to be a key player for us this year um and where if if Ben Gladwin's playing well then I think more often than not we'll be playing well and we'll be winning matches so I think that's that's how we need to that's how, that's how this season is going to progress I think yeah, absolutely. Um, we might as well go down the Man of the Match route because, as I've already said, the listeners went with Jacob Wakeling again. I think it's two for him and two for Sol Bryn. I did a walk today. I, went, I walked Avebury to the West Kennet Longbarrow and it was a delight. And I was thinking about the Man of the Match. And despite all that time of thinking... I don't think you can look beyond Wakeling for this one, for his general performance. It's got nothing to do with the goal. The goal was the gift from the gods. Um, a nice assist, which in a on a better day for him would have been his brace. But just his general, again, work rate and and just enthusiasm to get on the ball and, and get it forward and to look around. And he's not selfish. And I, I, I absolutely love that. He's not the finished article, not by a long way, but his impact on a, a, over the last few games, again, whether we've won it or drawn it, has been really important. So I'm more than happy for him to be man of the match. Do you agree? 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Like you said, over the last few games, his impact has definitely noticed. When he, when he came on against Harrogate, you could tell then that he was a very energetic player. And um, it was said yesterday after the game that he will score goals because of you know, how much effort and how much running he's willing to do. And I think yesterday just shows that we have got a raw but talented player on our hands, um, which is great to see. And hopefully he can have a really good, strong season, score, ask lots of goals and uh, be all right. Yeah. Um, it, it, Wakeling gets it, Dave, regardless. But would you have given it to Wakeling too? I think so. I think he, yeah, I think he deserves it for all the reasons you've said. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. OK, so sticking with you then, Dave. Dave, you know, we have a tendency to stick the boot in, for want of a better phrase, at Scott Lindsay, you know, because of his presses and his way he talks about the game and the way it's gone so far this season. We get we get the win. It's comfortable. It's everything we wanted it to be. It's everything we demanded it to be. Not without flaw, but it's what we wanted. He deserves credit for that, right? Yeah, no, he does. Um, you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, and we did, and we did that comfortably. Um, I mean, yeah. If we're if we're gonna if we're gonna criticise the team when they're when they're performing poorly, then we should recognise um, when they do well, and that's that's down to him. Uh, well, yeah, no, it is. It's down to him. Um, I mean, do I think yesterday was the result of a well-drilled? Um, first 11 executing a perfect tactical plan and imposing their will on an opposition to get a 3-0 victory. No, I think it was more a good, um, a better 11 players taking advantage of an opposition team in disarray. But there's definitely signs of progress. And I think Honor alluded to that earlier, where we, we there are signs of progress in each game. There's the attacking movement, that we showed yesterday was better than it had been against Leighton Orient. Um, and again, there might've been more space at the back because of the opposition, but we still, still took the advantage of that. There was, I think the, the, the build-up play that we showed from the back, from the fullback positions in particular, when we had the ball was a lot better than what we've shown previously. Um, and I mean, you've got to give credit for that ultimately. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll take it all day long. Did you did you hear Jim McNulty, the caretaker manager of of Rochdale's post match? Boy, they're in for a long season. Yeah, he sounded like a, like a broken man already, didn't he? <laughs> he was kind of laughing off, like, "Well, what do you expect? We're in disarray." <laughs> there was absolutely no effort from him um, to. Uh, sort of paint a lighter picture of what's happening. Like, you know, we're going to weather this storm, you know, we'll, we'll get it right. It was just like, it is what it is. It was very, oh, I enjoyed it, but I also felt terribly sorry for him. It was a real, they were a real sorbet of a side yesterday when they, the, Go on. The, you want to cleanse the palate of um, a bad run of form. So you get like, like last year when um, we had that rocky spell in January, February, and then, Scunthorpe rolled into town and let us tickle their bellies. It's exactly the same kind of feeling I had yesterday with Rochdale. And I kind of, in terms of their outlook, I kind of feel the same for them as I did for Scunthorpe last year. So they need to turn it around. Well, it's, it's Swindon Town. Let's close this episode by talking about Swindon Town women. The season started today, Sunday the 21st, but it didn't go so well, did it? No, uh, unfortunately not. 
the start of the season we would have liked. From what I've heard, we played well. I just couldn't quite get chances away, I think. I'm, I'm still looking forward to the season ahead. Unfortunately, I couldn't play today because of um, injury. Yeah, we were home next week at Foundation Park against, I'm going to call it a local derby, Larkhall, just mm, out in Bath. Bath. Um, yeah. Hopefully we can kick on next week um, yeah. against them. Dave, I say Bath. Honor says Bath. What do you go with? Uh, I say Bath. Up the mighty commoners. Yeah, and as a, <laughs> I went to university in Bath and I was relentlessly mocked for pronouncing it Bath. Oh, really? Um, yeah, up the mighty commoners. so yeah today um 3-1 loss to Salsi Helena Diaz-Butcher with the goal for Swindon and and as you said there Towner at Foundation Park next week there's a handful of games there you're hoping for a couple games at the county ground and then it's Fairford for the rest it's a really important time really isn't it for the women's game because never has interest been as high as it has because of the exploits of the England team over the summer. What, what what are you guys hoping for in terms of the season? Because you're going to want a lot more people coming in, a lot more people putting money into the side in terms of sponsorship and stuff, stuff like that. What, what's it been like since that time? Because you were at the final, I think, weren't you, um, in a, yeah. few, a few weeks back. And as a player, that that must inspire you to... But you also want to see those people turning up at the games too. Definitely, because I remember seeing something after the final telling people to you know, support, you know, go to Women's Super League uh, matches. But there's not very many t- teams in the Women's Super League and they're all based around um, London, Manchester, you know, the bigger cities with Premier League clubs and more money. But it would just be nice to see a few more people come down and watch, especially when we're at Foundation Park or the County Ground. But I also wouldn't put people off coming to Fairford. It is a bit further away, but um, Spike's Diner, not sure if anyone's been there. It is fantastic for chips or burgers. Go on. Is that uh, is that in the ground? Uh, yeah, so Spike's Diner is uh, in the ground at Fairford. So there's definitely you know a lot of pros coming to watch us in terms of that if even if it's at the county ground foundation park nice and central location or if you have to travel a little bit further to fairford there's some amazing food out there as well so yeah but it would be (laughs) great just to have um feel a little bit more support because normally you look around and it's kind of your mum dad and your um friends watching so hopefully the women's euros will push us a little bit more in terms of that in terms of sponsorship just a bit more exposure to the game, really. Does more people turning up mean more of a budget for you as a, as a team? In the long run, probably, yeah, because uh, if it gets to a point where, you know, people paying to come and watch us, that means we can cover costs easier for venues and stuff. And over time, if someone who runs a business or something watches us, they might want to invest, which could mean new training kit, covering expenses to matches, um, new playing kit as well so there's so many little costs that go into running the club which I think gets forgotten about uh, even as a player you don't you don't realize so much hard work goes on behind the scenes and a bigger budget ultimately makes it easier for everyone at the end of the day I think that's underestimated at times I think it's um I think it's promising that the club are opening the doors 
um, to the current ground this season. I know there was supposed to be a game was it last year, but that got. I guess my challenge would be: could the like could the club open the doors more regularly? I, I mean, I don't know what the relationship is with Fairford and how cosy it is, but could Swindon Town let women's be, be playing at Foundation Park full time? Like, is is there would that does do in terms of sponsorship? In terms of Stuff like that. Availability of other commitments, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's definitely been a lot more increased talks between the club, between the women's team and the club, which is good because at the end of the day, we are, I can say, we are one club, men and women. Um, I don't quite know in terms of pitch if it's um, viable to play at the county ground every week, although that would be amazing. Uh, We've got to be realistic about it. But I think if we have a few games... Uh, in easier locations for people to see, then they might want to watch more regularly. I'm not sure, but yeah, over time, I do think we are looking to keep just building the relationship between the men's team and the women's team. And hopefully one day we can have a lot of the same opportunities, uh, same sponsorship and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well put. So there we go. It's been a bit of a warts and all episode because of technical issues. We've had to use the old Zoom. So hopefully it was okay. But until then, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.